What are your writing dreams? Finishing that book, quitting the day job, becoming a best-selling author? Well, over four years, we've studied the advice of over 300 best-selling authors who've collectively sold over half a billion books. And we are excited to announce the Best Seller Academy. If you're ready to take your writing to the next level with accountability, craft, and coaching, your bestseller dreams are now only a click away. To find out more and apply, visit bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. That's bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. Let's run the show. Hello and welcome to the Bestseller Experiment, where we continue to discover what makes a bestseller and inspire you to start, finish and publish your book. I'm Mark DeVoe. And I'm Mark Stay. And as always, a whopping great thanks to everyone who keeps this podcast on the road. That includes our academates on the Bestseller Academy and our patrons over on Patreon. If you want to get access to hundreds of hours of extra material, including uh, a, a, a very good chat with our special guest today, uh, then pop over to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support. And you can find out how you get access to all these extra deep dives and extra episodes. If you want to get into the Academy and have me and Mr. D as your tutor, uh, can you imagine such a thing? Pop to academy.bestsellerexperiment.com. Links are all in the show notes. Mr. D, how are you today? Oh, I'm so excited about today's interview, Mark. It's good, it's I just, I'm absolutely buzzed. I'm absolutely buzzed. But uh, before we dive in, I need to tell you a very quick story, uh, uh, which our guests might be able to help me with today, because I was putting out the bins earlier, the wheelie bins. And in my rush to get to this interview, I decided to put on my daughter's size six Crocs. And now I'm a size 10, 11, right? So that's, you, know, you can just imagine me gravel driveway in these little kind of like pink Crocs. And as I went out the gate, uh, I was pulling the bins through. I, I pulled the gate and then it kind of sliced the back of my heel off. So, oh. <laughs> and I haven't looked yet. You know, you know, when you do something like that and it really hurts and you're just like, I'm just not going to look at that till later, but I might be asking, I guess, how I can reattach it later on. But anyway, I digress. I digress. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm very excited. And this week's been, been a bit random because um, a lot of work on the nonfiction project. Right. Again, a bit of a link to today's interview. Excellent. Let's dive in and, uh, well... I should just check in with you. you. You're having a book launch soon, aren't you? Yeah, but my book's out. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. Book's out tomorrow. Uh, book launch is on the, I think it's the 26th, Tuesday the 26th at Waterstones Canterbury. Link in the show notes. It's all there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to FantasyCon this weekend. The next week or so is just a bit of a blur, frankly. Um, but yeah, lots of fun. Going to be lots Fantastic. of fun. Let's get to our special guest. Yeah, 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 this, yeah. Is, this is why people have tuned in. Um, <laughs> Our special guest is none other than Susie Edge. Susie Edge trained as a molecular cell biologist before moving to clinical medicine to spend more time talking to people rather than just bugs in test tubes. Uh, she worked as a junior doctor uh, and, and always on the lookout for gory historical details. Susie loves telling stories of how we have treated our human bodies in life and in death. Uh, she's a smash on TikTok. We did a deep dive on that episode 405 talking about TikTok. I'm sure that's going to come up again. And again, I'll put a link in the show notes. Her first book, Mortal Monarchs, was an absolute smash hit and coming very soon, 28th of September, is Vital Organs. We're going to talk about that, all the future books that are coming. Susie Edge, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Oh, I'm so good, Mark. Thank you so much for, for inviting me on for a chat. Oh, we're so excited, aren't we, Mr. D? This is going to be great. 
We certainly are. We certainly are, Susie. And uh, and we should also say, Susie, you've been you've been with the podcast, listener listener, and a supporter of the podcast for how many years now? Because I, I remember almost pre you know early TikTok days, you were talking about it on the BXP team. You know, I don't know because I've probably been back to the beginning of the podcast a couple of times. It, it, genuinely, I, I go back now and again and have a good giggle at the um, the, the famous bollocking and all the other, you know, the great, the great. Um, yeah, because it's so inspirational, and I, um, it makes me, it makes me get off my bum and go and do some stuff. <laughs> it really does, and uh, you know, put put that on the back of your book. It makes me get off my bum. Um, yeah. I yeah, think for I've us, been it's, hanging around it, for a while. It's so great though for us to kind of travel with you and journey with you in your in your author experience like we've been going i guess it's not nearly six years isn't it mark now we're coming up to and when we first started out obviously we were just like you know giving it large as best we could but like to have had all of this time now to see all these authors kind of develop in their journey you i mean you've been a massive inspiration within within that within that group of authors and uh, and we're so excited to talk about your new book because your new book is coming out uh, at the end of this month isn't it it's been it's been a bit of a whirlwind this one and i think that's because you know the first one comes out and it takes a long time and it feels like even from selling the book to getting it out onto the shelves it takes forever and this one i had the idea the day i handed in the first one yeah. and I, I i phoned my agent and she's like that's lovely have you had a cup of tea have you sat down say, like, do you want to take, take take a day off maybe yeah. i was like no no let's go and uh, i had the idea then and i it was it was a tough slog because I, we agreed with the uh, with the, we agreed with the publishers that it was going to be the same time frame and the book comes out the same day as the first one did last year and of course you I've got all the other um, publicity and everything else going on as well and I'm trying to think about both of them and it's that's quite hard to do as well but yeah it's called Vital Organs a history of the world's most famous body parts and uh, it's coming out in a couple of weeks. Well, I, I, I was looking at the blurb, it said um, Louis XIV's rear uh, end inspired the British National Anthem. Queen Victoria's armpit led the development of antiseptics. Robert Jenkins' ear started a war. I mean, this is it, this is so much fun. These, these are the little icky bits of history uh, that just fascinate us. So, 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 tell us, so tell us about Louis XIV's rear end, please. <laughs> oh, well, you know, my my Google search history is just hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, Louis, Louis XIV had a, had a little painful something going on on his rear end and he prodded it and poked it and it just got worse and worse and turned into an abscess. And from there, the uh, the, the physicians had a look and they, they poked it with po red hot pokers and they put poultices on and they put herbs in and it, nothing really helped. And it just got worse. And it turned into a fistula, which is a, a channel, if you like, from one uh, open bit to another. So he basically developed an extra hole down there, if you get my drift. And um, and it was seeping and very, very sore. And eventually the physicians thought, well, we need to we need help here from the surgeons, the lowly surgeons as they were at the time. They weren't uh, university educated. They were in the streets chopping, choppy, choppy. And uh, they got a surgeon in and he had had a look between the king's legs and thought, mm, need, need, need to do some practice here. So he went off to the streets of Paris and he found people in the prisons and the hospitals and what have you with similar conditions. And he practiced on them until he developed some tools uh, and, a, and, a, and an operation. And he went back to the king and he sat between the king's legs for three or four hours with no anesthetic, no antiseptic. And he, he, de he sort of unroofed this fistula and he cleaned it all out and it was a success. And he was given loads of uh, loads of money and loads of land, and he never operated again. So 
it's the dream isn't it just you know <laughs> so uh so that was that the the, the um the, the surgeons went on to to gain a lot more from the king then and a lot more recognition and so were started to be recognized more because that's what you get from recognition isn't it um and they 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 uh i i tell you the story about the anthem but i can't remember it <laughs> <laughs> no no you're just you're just you see that's what we call a teaser that's what we call a teaser it's absolutely brilliant that's exactly it yes you're right i did that on purpose i'm yeah. teasing absolutely you have to buy the stuff. book yes <laughs> brilliant brilliant now there was also something about hitler's testicle as well which i know like there's a classic something about the royal albert hall i can't remember the whole thing but um i'm not going to start singing for you no i was going to say i was going to say we could all but um i don't actually know the history behind any of that is it linked to that to that it's just a, yeah it's just it is it's just a story that won't go away and it was a big propaganda thing i mean if you listen to the rest of the story it goes on to talk about himmler and goering as well i think and and you know those those guys don't come up so much but yeah there's this idea that that he he had lost one either in um in on the somme when he was injured or he uh had been doing something that he shouldn't have been doing with a goat when he was a child and lost uh lost it then and you know so there's all these stories that i mean they get worse and worse don't they were the more the more bad things you want to say about somebody you can you can uh, talk about what ha- might have happened to his testicle but of course there was no evidence in the end because um because of the way he ended up um burned and, and actually he was he was only recognized by a by a um, um teeth plate and jaw and the um the russians said that he, he was missing one but there was nothing there to go on it's all just propaganda <laughs> Crazy. Shall we shall we get this back on track? Let's uh... <laughs> It is on track. What are you talking about? This is absolutely on track. <laughs> so, so far we've talked about so far we've talked about pain in the arse and a load of bollocks. I mean it's, it's going bollocks. pretty Yes, we're on course, aren't we? Um <laughs> let's 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 talk about where it all started because as I understand it, this all started in lockdown for you. You've done a master's degree in modern history. And you, I think also you were having conversations with your kids about medical history and the gory stuff and horrible histories and things like that. How did that and TikTok lead to the first book, Mortal Monarchs? I was telling the stories on TikTok and I was even developing them all. You know, they were, some of them, they were only 60 seconds long, but I was writing them in a in a kind of beginning, middle and end and tell the story and, and, and really as if I was writing something a lot longer. And they were going down really well. And I, I I do a lot of videos that are behind the scenes kind of things as well. And during lockdown, there was nothing else that I was doing. So I was just doing those. And um, the I, I mentioned a few times that I was turning it into a book or I was thinking about a book. I had the idea for Mortal Monarchs whilst I was doing my uh, whilst I was doing my masters, I was kind of sneaking out of the hospital along to the history department because it's a teaching uh, it's a university hospital, and um, would always be like, oh no, I was just um, just you know in with that patient or that theater or whatever and i was sneaking about in history yeah so i said on tiktok i was making videos saying i'd love to turn this into a book and people were suggesting it and uh you know suggesting a podcast as well and and i said one day that this would be great i'd love to do this i'll have to write it and then get it off to agents and then i was very very lucky i landed on my feet because emily glenister who's an agent with dhh in london sent me a dm one day and said let's talk and uh I did, and <laughs> I signed on the dotted line. And so, so, so at that point, the book wasn't written. I'd, I had a, had a fair idea, but it wasn't done. And we wrote a proposal. 
and sold on that with a couple of chapters that were, you know, a couple of sample chapters. And that then, I, I then got the got the job, if you like, and I sat down and wrote it. So fiction authors will be listening to this sort of grinding their teeth because when you write fiction, you generally have to write the whole thing. You have to prove you can write a book before you can sell it to even show it to an agent. But with nonfiction, it's very different. Nonfiction, very often, and I've you know I used to sit in acquisitions meetings at publishers and whatever. You'd get that proposal, which was usually a chapter by chapter breakdown and a, and a couple of sample chapters. Was that the sort of thing that you were pitching to publishers with then? Yeah, and of course, with a book like Mortal Monarchs, my first one, it's it's relatively easy to write a chapter breakdown because there was a chapter per monarch. It went back a thousand right. years. I didn't have to worry about plot lines or, you know, the inciting incident or anything like that. Or of course, I had to do that within each chapter, but I didn't have to do that for the the, the chapter breakdowns. And so that was fairly easily done. And um, with a growing online presence as well, that was uh, appealing to them, I suppose. They there were a few different ones that were interested but i ended up with the guys who were really interested in the idea of online publishing sorry online um publicity etc which i was really into so yeah that's that's how it went down and then of course i had to sit down and write the thing which was terrifying because there's a huge amount of trust from them isn't there in that yeah. when they say uh yeah go for it so you just to confirm then so you got a dm from an agent who was interested in working with you is that how it like they came to you rather than you were chasing them yeah that's how it happens and my wow. level of guilt is uh <laughs> is huge i feel very I bad putting it that way but you know sometimes that's the way around it you know some people just aren't the usual send in a manuscript and be found some people are found in other ways and i've been very very lucky I mean, there was a bit of hard work in there as oh, well. But I, I, oh, I lots of lucky. Yeah, no, 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 no. The harder you work, the luckier you get, Susie. You <laughs> yeah. know that. But no, but it, but I find that fascinating because I always talk about you know, the 99%, which is what everyone does, the traditional route. And then there's the 1% that do it the complete opposite way. And I've often talked about that with, uh, you know, in, in, in the coaching. You know, it's like if you can get them to come to you, if you've if you've you know laid down all of the you know, opportunities you you started to kind of work i mean i know you've been doing tiktok for three four years now isn't it it's, it's five years five. right so that you know it's it's always like everyone's like oh overnight success but and we should also say i mean 400 i think i was looking today it's around four hundred and ten thousand followers you've now got <gasps> which is absolutely bonkers and it's probably growing is it growing exponentially would you say now in terms of like growth per day or it, uh, it varies, but I have a bit of a sort of self-formula, if you like. I know what's going to do well. And when I'm in the mood, when I have the time, and when I can face what's coming, because I'll tell you, it's not easy to deal with a viral video, um, then I put them out. Uh, and yeah. I put one out a couple of days ago, and therefore I put on, I don't know, put on twelve or 13,000 in the last 48 hours. That's so, uh, yeah, I, and I know that. Um, that's going to happen when I do such a video. So I was I was willing at the weekend to put up or a couple of days ago to deal with that. But so yeah, the, like um, you have to prepare for the viral kind of like tsunami yeah. that happens. Wow. Love it. And there definitely is one and it, it's, it can be challenging if, if I'm not in the mood for it. So I definitely have to be in the mood. But actually, I, I'll just knit back to what you were saying about uh, my agent getting in touch with me. She did say to me, I know we had this conversation before, Mr. Stay. I said, um, the first thing she said to me was, so you want to write do you want to write fiction or non-fiction? And I chickened out, actually, and I said non-fiction. I felt like it was chickening out at the time. I didn't say that a few months later when I was writing the bloody thing. But um, 
I I felt like I was chickening out and I said nonfiction. But of course, maybe that's the maybe that's a good way around to um I understand far more about the publishing industry now uh, that I could face going at yeah. them with fiction. And just 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 going back to the idea of being lucky or not lucky and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I d- nonfiction editors do operate by scouring social media for rising stars. I, you know, the number of times we had acquisitions meetings where they would say, "Look, no one's approached this person." They back then it was usually Facebook groups. They say, "Look, they got a massive Facebook." group and they're talking about parenting or they're talking about this special kind of food or whatever. Uh, and the editor would hunt these people down and approach them and say, look, are you interested in doing a book? And and that, like as you say, comes off the back of the success of one, your expertise, but also the the way that you nurture and interact that community as well and that and i know you do see things occasionally in writers groups online where they go oh no i don't have a big social media following if you're writing fiction it kind of doesn't matter but if you're writing non-fiction it was always part of the conversation they would go okay how big's their facebook group is it growing you know that kind of thing so i'm fa- now, i'm now fascinated he tells me yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated to to hear about this the, the the fact that you've now sort of got the gist of when something's going to be big. Is this is this is it just the kind of video that you put out that you know is is going to be you know I'm thinking of almost like bait and fish. You know, you put something in there and all the piranhas come out. So is you kind of know what's going to be big now, do you? Yeah, I don't chase the piranhas, but they do come. <laughs> When I it, it, tiny little screw ups, or I don't know, the other day I wrote the word Elizabeth. I, I was I had a, a video where I was writing, and you could see what I was writing. I wrote the word Elizabeth, and the the H wasn't just didn't have a big bump at the bottom. It was fairly flat, and um, the number of people that have told me that I can't spell the word Elizabeth, which is hilarious because <laughs> it's my middle name. You're getting trolled on Facebook for your spelling. Yeah, it's my daughter's middle name. It's my mother's name. It's my grandmother's name. It's my middle name. So, you know, I can spell the word Elizabeth, but that really brought people out. I don't put those in deliberately, but I do leave them sometimes because I think I I often do not talk about Lady Jane Grey because that winds people up and they comment. I often kind of miss out certain figures that I know are going to wind people up because people really, really really want me to talk about their interest and you know that's cool but um I don't I don't tend to go after the piranhas but I do know what's popular with my group and yeah and it's your group as well I mean everyone's going to say oh what's the magic formula Susie but actually you've learned about your audience which is unique to you if somebody else tried that it might not might not work for them but I find it fascinating that you've kind of You've, you know how the engine works now in, in so many different working ways. And uh, and then, you know, like you say, you have to plan for those big videos. Did did you know, Susie, I was looking up on Amazon today, just checking out the, the new book listing, which I noticed uh, future books are already listed as well. But um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, you're currently number one in royal biography. And the person in second place is uh, Prince Harry with his book Spare. <laughs> So I'm just I'm just wondering. Did you did you know that? Did you know that, that you're out saying? I've not looked I was, for ages. I was just I've wondering been, uh, if um if uh, he's actually yeah, who's, contacted who, who, you. Who's that? Anymore. Sorry, who's that? Yeah, yeah, Harry. Prince Harry. Yeah, Harry. Um, oh, there's a ring a bell. I was just wondering if he'd, <laughs> if he'd reached out to uh, to off, you know ask for any sales tips on how to shift more books. Well, maybe some writing tips. You might want to try writing one yourself. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> to the tower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Let's hope time travel doesn't exist. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of crazy, isn't it? It's um, it's it's interesting to see where where your books on monarchs are showing up. Yeah, and that actually is another thing that I can I can influence and manipulate almost my Amazon rankings. Isn't that mad? If I mention a book and say go to this place on Amazon, then I know that I will, you know, or every like the first book, Mortal Monarchs, I think it had a front cover nine months before publication you know when we announced it it went to a number one bestseller then on amazon and then the second one did exactly the same thing i think that was eight months before publication the children's book a couple of weeks ago that doesn't even have a front cover that went to a number one on amazon on the day we we uh, announced it so yeah i can i can manipulate that as well it's which is wild i just i because we we've had this conversation before about how numbers don't really match sales but i feel like they do for me yeah i I can play with it i'm just gonna pop out i've got to post all my books to Susie so she can recommend them i'll be back in a minute (laughs) (laughs) but you know you know there is i do have i do have influence in that regard and that to me is absolutely wild i didn't chase that but that's a that's a product of it and I uh, I get sent I get a book book of a week in the post now they just they come thick yeah. and fast. I've had some people that are getting in touch with me uh, names that I have followed forever and I I just I fall off my chair every time. <laughs> I think oh oh you want my following do you? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it's nice it's cool it's yeah. I'm, it's, I'm I just feel um, yeah it's 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 wild. Does it all feel a little bit unreal? Does it all feel a little bit? It, yeah, it does. I mean, I'm not selling. The thing is, I'm not selling millions of books, but it does, which would feel unreal for sure. But just more than two feels unreal to me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it does. It feels very strange because I, I know, and I'm not. I'm not about town all the time. I'm not meeting people in London or whatever. I'm sitting in a little cottage in the Highlands watching this all happen. It, that that's the sort of surreal bit. Brilliant stuff. Now, Susie, I don't know if you heard on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but I announced that I was going to be writing a nonfiction book over the next year, which is uh-huh. incredibly scary. Um, but I, I noticed that you are an avid nonfiction reader as well. And I was there was a TikTok sh- shelfie, I love that word, um, about the books on your shelf. Um, so having had a love in nonfiction in terms of your kind of like background reading, um, did that lead you to to be interested in wanting to write nonfiction? There was a book that I picked up. I was about 14 years old, which says a lot about me, but it was called How We Die. It was by a surgeon called Sherwin B. Newland. It was a New York surgeon. And uh, it was, it just went through the body and all the different ways one can meet one's end. And I thought it was absolutely fascinating. And in a way, that was a book that I recreated in Mortal Monarchs through the lens of all the monarchs. And I fell in love with that. I fell in love with the idea that one could be a surgeon and write in that way. And that, that was what I wanted to do. So I've, I've definitely ticked that box. Uh, that uh, that set me off for sure, Brilliant. and then then there are so more. I mean that 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 that's uh, you're not the only one to mention that loving with nonfiction. That's just my that was just my writing shed shelves because there's other books around the house that are uh, that are uh, uh, not necessarily yeah. nonfiction. But yeah, that's I'll often be turning around and taking a book off and looking something up when I'm writing or making a TikTok or whatever. Yeah, what do you most love about writing nonfiction? I think it's the absolute, it's just the sheer surprise and love of finding new 
things. And I think that's the, the the historian in me as well, just the turning over a page and reading a new story that just makes me go, what? That's amazing. I've got to tell everybody this. I think that's the that's the thing. And you also have uh, the kind of content you write about. There's such a rich history of topics that you could cover. And I think a lot of nonfiction authors, I think fiction authors as well, are in the same boat. But I think particularly nonfiction, because there's so much out there in the world and beyond to talk about. How do you choose to focus and drill down on, on a very, very specific kind of topic for the, the content of a book? I think that just comes out of the the... The fact that I am a, a doctor before a historian. I, mean, I was a doctor first. I was a medic first. I spent a very long time dealing with human bodies. And in the, those nonfiction books, most of them are medical, aren't they? Um, I spent a lot of time in there. So that's that's my main interest. That's the thing that makes makes me say, wow, and sit up and start telling those stories. Coupled together with 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 history, suddenly, suddenly it niches down a little bit. And... Um, I, have, I do have an idea for book number three, which is coming. And it's, I, I, again, it's just that stuff that makes me go, wow, and sit up and want to tell people about it. Because I know that other people are going to be like, wow, that's amazing. None of my books are particularly controversial or trying to tell people how to do something or, you know, this isn't like how to lose weight in a hundred different ways. You know, it's none of that. You know, it's just fun stories. You mentioned with Mortal Monarchs, uh, the chapter structure was essentially you, you're going through various monarchs through history. So you, you didn't have to worry too much about an overarching narrative. Um, but with Vital Organs, how did you plan that out and how did you structure your chapters? Was there an obvious way of, of planning that one out? Initially, I did look. Uh, there's there's three different ways I thought about it. The first one was that this, I'm leaving Britain. Well, there's a lot of British stories in there and going all around the world. So I thought about doing a trip around the world, around the world in 50 body parts. <laughs> um, and then I thought chronologically, which was it became more difficult to do because it wasn't a set. Um, it wasn't a set thing. Things, and the other the other way, which was more obvious to me as a previous clinician was to do it the way I would examine a body, start at the top and work my way down. So that was how I went. I went with, uh, you know, we start at the start at the head and work our way down to the toes. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Now, book titles, like we get one shot of book titles. And again, there's usually like, I remember when Mark and I were trying to, you know, work out the book titles for Back to Reality, we had a spreadsheet, didn't we, Mark, of like, I don't know, 200 different ideas. How for you? The, I mean, obviously, with the, with the two books you've written, plus all the other books that are, have already got names attached to them now, what was your process for that? Was it something that just came to you? Was it something that was a big discussion with the agent, the publisher? Was it a shortlisting process? The very first running working title for Mortal Monarchs was called How to Kill the King. Oh, <laughs> and um. I thought that was quite fun until one day I was driving along. I live I live just right next to Balmoral Castle. And uh, one day I was driving along, listening to the killers of all things, driving very fast and um, had to slam on the brakes when a little old guy with white hair in tweed was walking across the road. And I thought that I was about to um, drive into the king or the Prince of Wales as he was. And... Um, yeah, it went through my head. Oh, I'm about to kill the king, and then I thought, oh man, if that actually happened, if I'd hit him, could you imagine? They would have been going through my laptop, wouldn't they? They would have been, they would have been finding all these stories and like, <laughs> and they would have found this, um, you know, this uh, 
file called How to Kill the King and everything. And I thought, mm, I don't know, maybe it's not so great. I have a uh, I have a wonderful WhatsApp group of, of doctor friends, doctor mum friends. It's very niche. Uh, and we would banter all day. And I put it out to them and they came back with the funniest ideas. And um, I think it was Mortal Monarchs and Vital Organs were both mine in the end, which I'm really proud of. Both my right. ideas. So, yeah, happy yeah, with that. Absolutely. Talking about, talking about, royal deaths or potential deaths now in the run-up to the publication of mortal monarchs and this you you brought this up on the bestseller experiment facebook group her majesty the queen died and you were in a bit of a quandary and that week must have been i mean it was bananas for everyone but doubly so for yourself take us through that week what what happened there i felt a little bit bad about bringing it up on the bxp group because it was in the morning she wasn't announced dead yet and I was all very much me, 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 yes, me, 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 no, me, me, true, me, 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 What am I going to do? Mm. I had been that morning, the 8th of September, I had been uh, on a podcast, a history hit podcast, and we were having such a giggle talking about these stories. And I put the phone down or said goodbye, you know, the, the Zoom wave, we did that. And suddenly my phone rang and it was the producer's. And I thought, oh, what have I done? I'm in trouble. First reaction to everything, isn't it? And I picked it up and they said, do, do you know, have you seen the news? I said, I've hardly seen the news. I've been looking at you for the last hour, you know. And they said, just hang fire. Don't announce anything. Don't make your videos. Just wait. Uh, go and watch the news first. And uh, I was really down because, you know, I'd spent years coming up with this idea. And of course it was on my mind. It was on our minds. I'd had these discussions with the publishers. What are we going to do? And it was very much a question of we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And suddenly we're teetering at the end of this bridge going down. We've got to cross it. How are we going to do that? And of course there are rules. They weren't allowed to, you know, there are rules after that monarch dies that publishers they had to wind their necks in for a bit um as did i and my book box of books i knew that they were on the way my editor had said we've sent you the books i think a couple of days before so when they arrived it was a question of um that's nice thanks opened them on the dining room table with my husband looked at them and went that's cool can't tell anyone uh have a sniff but put them back in the box <laughs> and it was um but by actually yeah so that day I made a video saying to all these Americans, particularly who were just like, give us the information, what's happening, what's happening. And I said, look, I'm not going to make content about the death of the Queen. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to go down that route. I could jump up and down and say, hey, the Queen's dead by my book. But I just, just wasn't in me. It wasn't my way. And I decided to just leave it be. I did make a few videos later on when the death certificate came out because I thought, well, apart from anything else, it's out there in the world. So if everyone else is commenting on it, then I can as well. What was interesting was whilst I was making that video about the death certificate, I, I looked closely at it because I had it behind me in a green screen. I looked closely at it and saw that the guy, that the, the doctor who had signed the death certificate was my GP. And, no uh, way. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to bring that up with him, you know, as long as we're not in the middle of a smear test or something. And Did you um, spell Elizabeth correctly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, so it, it's um, it was it was an interesting week, and it, it went on. Of course, I, I once the evening came, it was about six o'clock or something. They announced the death of the Queen, and I was like, fine, it is what it is, and everything. You know, this dark cloud descended on us, and it actually, it, it literally, it was bucketing it down here that day and uh, I went along to Balmoral I took my mother-in-law and everyone's under under umbrellas and it was raining it was real yeah, it was real movie stuff this is a sad moment we're gonna make it rain and um, <laughs> yeah it was it was a long couple of weeks waiting for that to 
to smooth over and then I started jumping up and down and going hey guys guess what and I and and I had I had accusing emails and rants at me people who thought that I had written edited proofread <laughs> printed well, delivered this book in that time you say that Susie I worked in book selling when Diana died oh and- crikey yeah yeah okay <laughs> And you remember, I don't know if you remember, but I, we had pile, and really it was, a, I think Orion were the first with, with a tribute, air quotes book, of Diana, where they packaged photos together. And we got hundreds of them in and they flew out. And they were just, you know, the publishers did turn them around in weeks, uh, these, uh, these, these kind of tribute books. And uh, it was. So they can a, do it. They, what you're they saying is do they can yeah. do it. I always remember the story of Richard Branson uh, before he did his balloon air balloon flight, you know, a crazy one around the world where he's trying to break the world record. He walked past a, a, a van, a TV uh, outside broadcast van, and he, he saw a guy editing stuff on the screen and he saw pictures and it said RIP Richard Branson and it had like that year's date. And so they were, and this is what they do. They, they prepare they prepare everything in advance. So when, when somebody actually dies, and in case of the Queen, that all of that footage would have been prepared for years. And then they just add the very last bit and top and tail it with the fact that she'd passed away. And and then they'd be putting it out that evening because there's no way you could put together all that footage. So it's, so this, but the fact that, I mean, obviously you weren't preparing for that. It was just incredible timing that it happened right when you were about to put your book out. But um it's amazing that I think that's why people probably think, oh, he's just whacked it together and and and, and push it out. But as as people realise now, you just can't do that with a with a book of your of your quality. I mean, and the research that goes into it is phenomenal. Absolutely. One thing that I was now, really proud of was that uh, because of that, uh, there were you know in those categories, the royal categories that you mentioned earlier, there were a lot of books about Elizabeth and and the the Duke of Edinburgh and all those books all suddenly shot up the charts as well. So to be competing with those as someone who wasn't known was was really brilliant. Yeah. That's a once in a lifetime, right? When I was at Headline, we had a book on the Queen Mother that, you know, you're talking about news news broadcasters will have that biography ready. We had a book on the Queen Mother that was ready to print except for the final chapter as well. That, That had sat for years ready to ready to go at the last minute so it is um there is a whole industry behind that whenever i think of the queen mum I always think of the spitting image puppet living I'm forever I'm gonna, I'm gonna live forever brilliant now as a little as a little preview we have listeners questions which we're going to go through in the extended uh, edition of this podcast but we have a listener question from jeff white which we'd like love to ask you um what was the moment you felt you'd made it as an author? Oh, goodness me. There's been some pretty brilliant moments. Pretty brilliant. Those words don't go together, do they, Susie? Come on, you're a writer. <laughs> sort yourself out. There's been no, some pretty brilliant. Amazing... It's very British of you, right? That is right. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there have been some amazing moments. I, The first time I walked into... Uh, Waterstones and saw a book where it wasn't I'd seen the book in local bookshops and it was there because my friends had gone in and said can you stock this book and uh, and so it's that's nice seeing it in a bookshop but um walking into a Waterstone I, I saw the book in foils on the front desk in London Charing Cross Road a couple of weeks ago and that uh that felt pretty damn cool 
just that that was a dream come true. I felt that another dream come true was very early on. My uh, publicist had sent a video of the book coming off the printers, and actually to see it there, that that was a pretty cool moment. Going down to you know, Goldsboro Books sold a lot, um, and to go down and sit there and sign those books. And what happened was I um, I had been in signing at the same time as Richard Osman had been in. And his pile of books was sitting there. And as I was signing, they were being put by his. So I took a photograph of that, you know, was, was mine were piling up next to his and made made the pile look bigger <laughs> in the photograph. <laughs> and actually, the, the Goldsboro told me that they had, they had, uh, I had far more dedication requests for the book than than anyone else had ever had. So that felt really cool. So there's been loads of nice. loads of fun things. Yeah. I have seen that question actually on uh, <laughs> the vxv group and he does mention that bizarre ai biography yes well this is it this is it jeff's full question is this is what i was going to say what is the moment susie felt she'd made it as an author and why is it when that ai generated biography of her appeared on amazon now listeners i'm going to put a link to this and show don't you dare buy it uh, but it's a book called susie edge biography of the legend and i'm just going to read you the blurb here now uh, the cover is is really something to see susie edge is a captivating and inspiring biography that unveils the extraordinary life of Susie Edge, a trailblazing figure whose journey of passion and perseverance has left an indelible mark on the world. And what's amazing about this whole blurb is it's it's effusive and it doesn't really mention a single tangible fact about you or your career or anything. Well, I was done. worried. I opened it thinking there was going to be, you know, what school I went to and, you know, telling everyone my date of birth and all this stuff. I was quite concerned. And when I opened it, not a thing. So part of me was like, ah, gutted. And another part of me was like, actually, that's quite good. <laughs> we should just explain, like for people that aren't in the BXP team who haven't heard about what's happened, one day randomly this book appeared on Amazon called Susie Edge, Biographer Legend. It wasn't obviously written by you. And we then discovered it was written by AI. So what, when did, when did you first find out? Did you find out about it through someone else or did you come across it on Amazon? How did it happen? I had a bit of a school reunion with some old friends. Um, I was down in England and we got together. It was a beautiful day. We were sitting outside a pub and we'd all had quite a lot of cider and uh, one of my friends pulled my book out of her bag and said, can oh. you sign it? And um, and I said, yeah. And she said, uh, yeah, I, I bought it on Amazon. It was next to that weird biography of you. And I was like, what? <laughs> of course, I thought that because we were all happily under the weather. Under the weather? <laughs> yeah, that as well. Um, <laughs> happily, we had a few. Refreshed. refreshed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that she was just joking, like, ha ha, because they were all joking. They were all taking the piss out of their old school friend. And, and, um, yeah. and, uh, I, and I thought nothing of it. And then later on, I did the whole going onto Amazon to see what was happening with the ranking for the new book. And and it was there. And I thought, that's kind of me. <laughs> Not saying kind of, because the picture, the AI generated picture, which is taken from a, a bad TikTok video is just, um, it's priceless. And then I got it in the post. A friend bought it, the hard the, the hard copy, and sent it in the post to me. So it's on my bookshelf. Yeah, I saw it on your shelfie. <laughs> it's like, sitting there. And I've got, I've got, you know, I hope you're not too upset, but I haven't actually read it, Susie, but I'm kind of curious. Obviously, you flick through it. Like, what's inside it? Does it actually say, does it actually, is it, because this is AI generated, folks. This is something that somebody's just, and 
what, what does it does it say anything about your life in it? Not absolutely nothing at all. It really just repeats chapter after chapter what Mark just read. <laughs> it just, it just, it just, it's, it's always like a tease. It's like, oh, we're going to tell you all this amazing stuff and uses long two. words and it's really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, oh, do you know, it does throw up a lot of questions, doesn't it? I mean, how well, many does. of those must there be sitting on Amazon? And we, we have these endless discussions about AI and what it can do. And I use, chat GPT to help me with things, but I certainly haven't written any wild, absolutely empty biographies, but there are words. There are words in it. They just, none of them actually talk about yeah. me at all. It, it's just mad, isn't it? I, I think for me, the problem with it, massive problem with it, is obviously when you, when you type in Susie Edge to find your books, it appears like, you know, just below your books. And there, if somebody's really into you as an author, and they buy that book, they're going to be like, what is this? And yeah, I mean, that you, would annoy how me. That? How would you if deal I with were... that, though, as the author? Do you have to kind of go out there? Because you don't want to promote it. I mean, we shouldn't really be talking about it. <laughs> it's going to go, go into number one. That and... sounds good. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, I, people have messaged me and said, what's this about? And who's this person that's written this book? And all that sort of stuff. And I, I have made a video on TikTok saying just what we've been saying, that it's, vacuous nonsense um but yeah i i think that should i go looking for anything about mr james purefoy I, and i found a biography and i thought oh, yeah, i'll get that and then i found that that was in it i'd probably be a bit annoyed but i'm not sure i'd go after him for it but then that's just me <laughs> i say that knowing that uh there are some people out there who probably would get annoyed with me but you know i can't, I can't keep everybody happy can we? well exactly and it's i mean it's one of those things that's going to run and run in terms of the conversations about AI and the challenges and the brilliant things that it's going to help authors with as well. But yeah, absolutely fascinating stuff. <laughs> I think I would be a little bit more, uh, less jokey about it and a little bit more hesitant about it. Were it to have any information, any personal information, you know, suddenly if it was talking about my kids or my husband or as I say, my date of birth or where I went to school or all these things that are personal, I think I might be a bit more, a bit, a bit less jokey about it, but because it's yeah. completely empty, I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Although your husband did appear on a TikTok the other day, I believe, and you, it was a smash hit. So tell, tell us about that. He said one word, I, didn't he? said one <laughs> word. I, I've always kept him at, at arm's length because he's not on TikTok. And, you know, he, he wasn't on Facebook for a very long time. And I didn't post pictures of him because I felt that was unfair. And only when he joined Facebook that I thought that was fair game. <laughs> and um, and so TikTok's, TikTok's the same. And so I don't share things about him on there. Very occasionally I do because, um, and this is maybe, you know, a conversation we'll get onto, but very occasionally I do just to shut people off because everyone questions my sexuality because of my hair and my deep voice and my love for rugby. And, um, and so, you know, those things come up now and again and I try and dispel those myths, but it just creates more. But the other day, somebody had said, had asked a funny question. I think it was, does, how does, does he feel intimidated by his amazing wife? I think that was the question. Yes. So I, I turned the camera around and I went through to him and I said, do you feel intimidated? And he looked up from his book and he went, no, <laughs> no. And went back to his book. That and that was debut. it. Yeah. And suddenly thousands of views later, people just wanting more, more, more. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Five years. Five years I've been creating on TikTok. He turns up, says one word, scowls at me, and goes back to his book, and suddenly he's a star. Brilliant stuff. 
Brilliant. Well, listen, folks, we're going to we're going to dive into an extended edition of this podcast where we've got a ton. I think almost marked the most number of listener questions. We actually had to go through the list and edit them. Susie, this is like how many questions we had. But if you would like to join us on the extended, if you're a member of the Academy or a patron, we're going to be talking, we're going to be delving a bit more into TikTok uh, and, and Susie's incredible success on that. Uh, we're going to ask a few questions about how you started out as an author. And also a big question that keeps coming up was this idea of how do you balance writing versus social media? How do you juggle the time? So if you'd like to dive in with us, then pop over to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support and sign up to become a patron or the academy member and uh, we'll see you on the other side so mark let's talk about socials and the wins this week so on the 200 words a day challenge we had a lovely note from sheila crosby sheila's been one of those people she's on twitter at sheila crosby 403 every day there with me logging her 200 words and she says i finished the first draft of hopperly ever after love that title great title Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna ignore it for a month so i can reread with fresh eyes meanwhile I'm writing pirate stories, 350 words today. See, that's how you do it, folks. Yeah. Bank it, get it in there and move on to something else. To me, that that book needs to be out by by Easter. Yeah, 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 (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And uh, on the Academy, um, Katie Wells, she's only been here a couple of days, and she says uh, she's had a cover reveal already for her book, A Blend of Magic, which looks absolutely brilliant. It's the sort of thing, if you like Wishes of Woodville, I think you might like A Blend of Magic. So I'll put a link in the show notes for that. She says, my cover reveal for A Blend of Magic had lots of positive feedback and a few pre-orders, which weren't from friends. So a huge win. That I mean, you were talking earlier, Susie, about the fact that when you started seeing your book in shops that your friends hadn't put there... <laughs> That was it's a big milestone, isn't it? When you realise it's there's there's life outside your friend circle. It's huge. Well done. It feels really great. I, yeah, great. And, and then you know, we've had know, a, got to, I just say before we dive in, I've got to say something about Katie, which is absolutely brilliant. When we did the academy, kind of uh, like an open evening, and and actually Katie came to that. The first thing that she told me, and Mark and I were doing this together. The first thing she told me is she said. Uh, I said, oh, because she mentioned that she likes to write witchy stories and things like that. And I said, oh, have you, have you, you heard about Mark? Mark stays like witch, but oh, and she said, I've got them all here. And she had them on her she shelf. Has. And I'm like, I'm like, Mr. Stay, you've made it. You've made it. Got... So yeah, you've got fans everywhere, Mark. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, she's, she's been very supportive, actually. Very supportive. She's lovely. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and we have a public declaration from Steve Gowland. Uh, Steve, uh, fantastic fancy offer, writes as S.C. Gowland. Uh, so, He says, I will complete The Midnight Warriors in time for its release date, 26th of January, 2024. Gulp, dot, dot, dot. Now, the thing is, Steve, not only has he announced a release date, it's up for pre-order on Amazon as well. Amazing cover, too. Really, really cool cover. And again, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, Yeah, good luck, Steve. You've announced the date. And Amazon, if you miss that date, they get very cross. So um, you've got to make it. Go, that, go for it. That man. is the ultimate dream declaration, isn't it? It's not just Line like telling sand, us about it and getting the getting it in the legendary Mister Stay diary. It's actually whacking it up on Amazon with the release. I mean, there's no there's no holding back. So maybe okay. What what do we call that, Mark? We have to give that, or maybe Susie. What what kind of ninja level kind of dream declaration is that when you actually you actually literally publish it on Amazon? Well, it's got to be. You you said ninja level there. It's got to be black belt, hasn't it? Black belt, yeah, black belt. dream there declaration. Thank you very much. Excellent. Excellent. There you go. 
So thanks, everyone, for sending that in. Uh, if you have any wins, you can find us on social media. Get in touch. So we are on Facebook, Bestseller Experiment. Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Threads, we are at Bestseller XP. Are you on Threads yet, Susie? Are you doing Threads? Yeah. Yes, yes. I keep forgetting that it's there. Yeah, but me I, too, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, every so often I do go on there and... Um, and see the same people that I see on Instagram. But, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I've, I've managed to get on Blue Sky as well. And oh, it's one of these co- things you got that a code. I got a code. Got yeah, a code. I, I should try and get some for bestseller experiment that, as well. Do you know that's how Gmail started off? Codes. Yeah, 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 yeah you remember that? Codes, like, yeah. Gmail yeah. started off where you had to get an invite and you got like 20, 10 invites. I've got to say, it just like, I just, we're talking with a historian here. So I'm like, I'm future casting myself 50 years in the future. And like, no one's going to have heard of any of these social media sites. Like, none of them are going to be around. We'll change names and we'll probably all be doing it through AI, uh, you know, brain chips or something. And there won't even be an interface that we have to look at. But it, it, it's fascinating, isn't it? I'm, I'm curious. I'm very curious as to who's going to win because they can't all, all these different social media sites can't all be be with us in a couple of years from now. We'll, which... No, we'll all just have a big chip in our brain in a few years. Don't worry, it's, it's, it's coming. Um, so yes, do drop us a line there, folks. Uh, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you've been inspired by Susie and the authors that we've had on the show, give us a rating, uh, subscribe to us, give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks as always to our editors, Dave and JD. Yeah, and, and you know, just a quick reminder, folks, you know, Susie's been supporting this podcast for for donkey's years as a patron. So we are very, very grateful. So if you want to be like Susie, like pop along to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support, get all of the extra goodies. I also just want to mention as well to remind people that if you are interested, if you've been inspired by Susie today and you were interested in writing a nonfiction book, I'm going to be doing this over the next, uh, I say year, 12 to 14 months. And um, you can join me in the Bestseller Academy in writing your nonfiction book. We're going to be going through this together, folks. You're going to be getting life coaching from me and you're going to be getting um, nonfiction coaching from the amazing Kate Harrison, who's sold over a million books. Um, So if you'd like to find out more about that, pop along to academy.bestsellerexperiment.com. And there's also the 200-word challenge. Susie, did you, you were, you toyed with the 200 word challenge in your time yes yes however like what? like diet and exercise and everything else i get about four days in and then yeah i don't write every day it's hard though isn't it and that's that's why we have the challenge so if you want to join that it's 200 wordchallengecom uh, our challenge to everyone out there is can you write consecutively 200 words for seven days and if you can do that then hey you might be on to you know a bit of momentum and it isn't as easy as it sounds folks as Susie testifies like as I know uh, Mark I think you pretty much cracked it haven't you a few years back yeah but it's all I do I know I might interject actually <laughs> say that I probably do in in terms of creating online content for TikTok and the rest oh. I probably do that yeah. So I do that every day, every single yeah. day. Yeah. We, te- we all text more than 200 words a day if you count them up. It's yeah, WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> right, bloody novels on text and WhatsApp, but we've got nothing on the other end. But Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much, Susie, for being with us. Absolute delight to have you with us, and we look forward to, uh, to having you back on very, very soon. And so it's a goodbye from Susie. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from Mark 1. And goodbye from Mark 2. Goodbye. 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 Zoom wave, everyone. Zoom wave. Zoom wave. <laughs> <laughs>